One thing that Cantor Addy didn't mention is that that is the final song that Yitzhak Rabin sang right before he was assassinated at a peace rally. That's one of the reasons we sing it tonight. I have a tradition in my household with my kids and with my wife that whenever I have the honor of being at someone's funeral, I always come home after the service and then I teach my children what I learned about this person's life, what they stood for and what they taught others. Now this idea, it's not a new idea, it's not something that I came up with. In Judaism, the way that you honor a person who has died is by learning and honor of their memory. Now normally, on a communal level, when someone dies and you choose to honor them this way, you may choose the weekly Parsha or a text that you think personifies what they lived their life by. But you see, when you have a great scholar, you bring the community together and you teach their Torah. Not someone else's. I don't need to reach for another rabbi's words that came before him or her. I can just use their words. Now why do we do this? See, Judaism's primary focus is life and making more life. This explains why we don't ponder or spend much time talking about the afterlife. Because the fact is we don't know very much about the afterlife, and it's all conjecture. What we do know about, what we can influence and what we can change, is this life. It's against tradition to bring flowers to a funeral, to a house of Shiva, because those flowers, they're dead. They're going to wilt, and they don't change the world. You teach Torah. You teach the essence of what that person's soul stood for. Because now their body is no longer capable to carry out what they stood for. And that studying, what it does, is that it changes us. And it changes our souls. Because our bodies are still working. And now our souls can carry on the souls of that person into this world. This week, we lost one of the giants of modern Jewish history, Shimon Peres. He was the end of a line of the founders of the modern state of Israel. He was a man who began his life fighting a war to secure Israel, and then he ended his life fighting a war for peace. When he retired the presidency of Israel a few years ago, he said that he was retiring from being a president, but he was not retiring in his battle for peace. Tonight, I want to teach the Torah of Shimon Peres. And with a life of 93 years, there's a lot of Torah that I could teach. But I actually find the assignment of trying to figure out what piece of Torah sums up his entire life shockingly not that challenging. It's a quote that he said in our main sanctuary just four years ago in 2012. And the quote it always gets a chuckle, it's like a guarantee. But it is deeply profound. And in many ways, it summarizes the entirety of the Jewish ethos on a single foot. He stood in our main sanctuary, in a room that was spellbound. It was unlike any night I've ever experienced here at Emmanuel in over 10 years. The 2,000 people who packed the room knew that they were experiencing history. There were 2,000 people saying goodbye to him. 
And the energy of the room, it wasn't sad, but it was filled with awe and gratitude. And I could feel that same feeling coming from him. And as he stood at our lectern, looking out at the future of the Jewish people, he said to us, the greatest gift the Jewish people have ever brought to this world is dissatisfaction. Now let's take this quote apart and dissect why it's so profound and why ultimately this quote is profoundly Jewish. You see, in order to be dissatisfied with the world, you have to have something to compare it to. When you're able to imagine and envision what is, there's nothing to be dissatisfied with because you have nothing to contrast it to. But this then begs the question, what was he saying that we are dissatisfied with? We are dissatisfied with the reality that we live in because the foundational Jewish thought is not the is, but the ought. This type of thinking is developed with the revolutionary idea of the messianic concept. When we come up with this idea of messianic times, we created a collective imagination of what the world could be. The messianic idea, it's revolutionary because it enables us to no longer be bound to just the realities of this world. Because now we can envision a world that is perfect. This idea, it becomes the foundation for Jewish thought. This is why we face Jerusalem in every corner of the world. Because Jerusalem is Yerushalayim, which is Ir Shalom, which is the city of peace, the city of perfection. We can contrast our present reality with the utopian ideal of Jerusalem. When you have this ideal, you look at homelessness differently. Because instead of this homelessness becoming the norm, with a messianic desire, you become dissatisfied. And you can say, look, in the world to come, in messianic times, no one will be homeless. I'm dissatisfied. When we bench the Birkat Hamazon, the blessing after we eat, we have a line in there that says no one in the world will be hungry. We put in our liturgy the dream of what the world could be. In Isaiah, we look at the swords and we talk about envisioning them as implements that can be used to make pruning hooks. Implements that don't kill, but implements that harvest food, and food makes life. So what did Perez do with these visions, with these dreams of what the world could be? After Israel was independent and they looked around and they realized that they were surrounded by enemies who denied Israel's existence and sought to drive it into the sea, he realized that Israel's position was one of weakness. So he took his current reality and then he envisioned a strong Israel in his dreams. And then he became the man who built Israel's defense industry and who laid the foundation for the formidable armed forces that won every single war that it faced since that moment. When it became clear that the land of Israel, it was not one with many natural resources, he showed the world that the greatest resource was the Jewish brain and the ingenuity that has harnessed reason and science and technology to make Israel a land that had been desert and swamps to become an economic powerhouse. Paris presided over the withdrawal of Israeli forces from Lebanon. 
He became the first Israeli prime minister to take the difficult steps required to deal with the nation's fundamental economic problems and hyperinflation. He was instrumental in airlifting 7,000 Ethiopian Jews who had trekked to refugee camps to escape famine and anti-Semitism. Shimon Peres embodied this dissatisfaction in a profound way. Even though he had been at war with the Palestinians virtually his entire life, he dedicated his life to securing Israel and to making peace with the Palestinians. He once said that the Palestinians are our closest neighbors. And I believe that one day, they may be our closest friends. Now, only a person with a messianic lens on the world could see his enemies as friends. Only a person with a messianic lens can view his spear as a pruning hook and his sword as a plowshare. Only a person with a messianic lens can be totally dissatisfied with the only reality he has ever known, which is war with the Palestinians, and then envision peace just on the horizon. So what do we do with this Torah? What do we do with this memory? We make it our obligation to take what we were taught and then to carry on that memory of the person, what they stood for with their soul and their body, and to carry out that wisdom with our bodies as we embrace and we remember their soul. We take this wisdom that he taught us and examine our own individual lives and our relationships, the state of our community, the state of our city, our country, and our world. And we think about how each one of those could be. And then we get to work on making that dream a reality. Paris, he said that the only regret that he had was that he didn't dream bigger. A few months ago, Shimon Paris heard that we had a group coming to Israel next summer with many young families. And when he heard that it was from Emmanuel, the place that he had spoken on that auspicious night just four years ago, he said that he wanted to make sure that we made time to go and meet with him. But unfortunately, that night in 2012 was our last meeting. President Obama said upon hearing of Shimon Peres' death, that, quote, a light has gone out, but the hope that he gave us will burn forever. It's how we carry on his memory and our actions that will determine how bright that hope will burn. Just last year, Perez gave a TED Talk, and he said that he believes in the future and not the past, because the past is gone and it's dead, but the future is what we can affect. And so I want to close tonight the story that Thomas Friedman shared this week. Dove Seidman, the CEO of LRN, which helps businesses and other leaders navigate ethical issues, he took his eight-year-old son, Lev, to Israel for the first time in August, and he shares this story. He wanted his son's first experience of Israel to be an indelible one. So on his first day, just a few weeks ago, on August 31st, Dove brought his son to meet someone who he believed truly personified the hope, the strength, the spirit of Israel, with all of its dreams, ideals, and also its tensions. So we took him to President Shimon Peres. Now Peres, he was gracious enough to meet with his son and his wife at the Peres Center for Peace in Tel Aviv. 
And they talked about the power and the potential of humanity to surprise, to evolve, and to inspire. And at one point, Paris, he turned to his son, Lev, and he said, elephants, they're like computers. They have got the biggest memories. They remember everything, but they have no imagination. That's what's special about being human. And then Dove, he turned to Perez and he asked him to share with his son how after 93 years of life, he had stayed so young. Lev, Perez said, every single day, I wake up and I count my achievements. And then, I count my dreams. The dreams that I have in my head. And as long as I have more dreams in my head than achievements, I'm young. Let each of us count our dreams and work on making those dreams achievements, enabling our messianic vision of the world to become a reality. Zeker tzadich livercha. May the memory of the righteous be for a blessing.